everyone. Welcome back. It's Daily Fantasy Sports, Picks and Bets, and The Mix. Powered by Mayo Media Net here on YouTube and presented by Jock Market. Hey, the Daily Fantasy app where we actually make money. Kind of cool idea, right? Download that bad boy for free. Use the promo code MMN. They're going to match the first 100 bucks for free. And if it's free, it's for me. Hey, yo, it's your host, the big dude with the big mouth from the Big Apple. It's Big Johnny Stud at John Legaza on the Bird app. Get at me any time of day, any day of the week. I just live it, man. Burning candles on both ends. Oh, God, I cannot get enough of this. This show is absolutely off the rails. Thank you so much for the interactions, the comments, the feedback, and taking my boss, letting him know how good of a job we're doing. How about that, man? Really appreciate you, the Cork Stats crew. We got so much work to do for this Thursday night game. It's Bengals. It's Dolphins. Oh, man, it's going to be crazy, but enough of that. We need more of this. Come on, it's the fastest show in NFL absolutely anywhere. You can take that mofo to the bank, man, and put my name on it as a guarantee. You know what I'm saying? Because what? It's the love, it's the passion, it's the nuance and the context, and all the hard work that we bring, positive attitudes, talking about risk-reward management, and sustainability, the things that keep me in the market. Yes, I win. Yes, I lose. Because that's part of the game. But it's my ability to understand that I need to be stringently managed in my approach. I think I'm kind of prefacing that because I don't really have a bet for you today. If you're unfamiliar, again, welcome aboard, man. We see the views. We see the likes. I can't thank you enough. I'm going to ask you in a minute to rate, review, and subscribe to the audio-only pod and then stick your cartoon finger right inside me and press that like button on YouTube because... Those things matter just way more than they should. All right, we're going to be doing blue chip players for today. We're using Run the Sims projections. Hat tips to those boys and girls out there doing phenomenal work. I absolutely love it to bring you the top projected players on the slate for each team, right? That makes sense. No, we're doing penny stocks, not necessarily the cheapest players, right? Because we do have a goal here of winning, but we'd be doing a very unique kind of cost per point analysis that you're getting really only here. I think you can get the nuts and bolts a lot of other places. There's a lot of kind of anodyne, cookie cutter material out there, right? Football content is not hard to find, but the stuff that matters, I think is. So let's start delivering some of that. Oh, but before... We do that with the blue chip stocks. I just wanted to start adding in a little jock market report every week. Just looking back at what happened the slate before. Monday Night Football was kind of a slot fest until the end where the stars broke out. We had one, two, three, six players return a profit, which is pretty good. What does that usually tell us? That there were some cheap players that paid. Man, I didn't get to the slate in time. I wish I had Daniel Bellinger. And Peyton Hendershot both returned at least 40%. They were both going off at $2.50 or less, which is where we want to be. It can be very hard to participate in the top end of showdown slates because the pricing is so expensive. CD Lamb was going off at $12.50. Yeah, he doubled up because he hit at $25. But most of the top shares do are not going to return a profit on showdown. I think that's just kind of what it is. Barkley was the top share. He did, but Jones did not. Pollard did not. Shepard did not. Noah Brown did not. Richie James did not. Sills, Ferguson, Hudson, and the list kind of so on and so forth. So again, the keys always more important than just the names or the numbers even is the how and the why 
and it's looking for players, right, that could pop the top, keep those ceiling parameters intact. Showdown slates, you have to be a little more willing to go up to the $10 mark. Main slates, I don't do that. Remember, each slate is kind of a different animal. And then, of course, we're always looking for opportunities to pay. Bellinger, I think, was four for 40. Right? That's just not a very good game. So to get paid on something like that, again, why jock market is so very cool. All right, let's get into the blue chip stocks. Here we go, our players for this, Dolphins versus Bengals, TNF Showdown. Again, I don't want to beat the dead horse. Uh, this is Mayo Media Net, right? I mean, the players here are extremely sharp. I see it in the comments and the feedback. So I don't really have to tell you that good players are good. Let's see if we can get into, again, some of the how and the why, the nuance and the context. Then I got some advanced stats that are pretty cool. So just for the audio-only listeners, for the Dolphins, it's Tua. At 18.5, Tariq Hill at 17, Waddle 14.5, Edmonds at 12, Mostert at 10. Remember, we're not overreacting to decimal points. We're trying not to overreact to even full single points, but we are looking at the delineation. Hill at 17, Waddle at 14. It feels to me like we're not expecting much from the Dolphins. Maybe that's predicated off of the Tua injury. Again, I don't really have much on the line tonight. I'm a bit worried. I don't like... The short turnaround, I don't like the Dolphin injury, and they've kind of been inefficient. Over to the strike, Cats from Cincy. It's Burrow at 25, Chase at 22, Mixon 21, Higgins 18, Boyd at 11. To give you an idea of the top four projected players on the Bengals are all projected higher than the Dolphins. So what's it tell us? We could be looking at the big mega Bengals stack, for the win, we also could be looking at suppressed Dolphin ownership, which could translate into lower prices, which then make players like Hill and Waddle attractive. Maybe more so for Hill. I shouldn't be shortchanging Waddle, but when I think of players that could pop the top, right, that old Pringles reference, we're looking for Tyreek Hill, I think, more than anybody. He's really frustrating. Let's get into some handicapping just really, really quick. Again, I'm going to try and stuff every single thing that I can into the show, all the stuff that matters before we get into the values. I mean, Bengals' offense has been a mixed bag because we know the potential is there. They're running a ton of plays. 76 plays a game is near the top of the board. That's what we're looking for. But it's only been 340 yards, 4.5 yards per play. Pretty garbage. The offensive line has been really rough. 3.5 adjusted line yards, just over 3 running back yards per carry. They've allowed 15 sacks for 11% adjusted sack rate, 6 yards per attempt, 9 yards per completion. This is the Bengals' offense. That is not any good. Dolphins D on the flip side has not been good either, allowing 414 yards a game, 43 yards per drive, 35% pass DVOA, 5% adjusted sack rate, 41 attempts for 28 completions, 298 yards per game. All those things are really, really bad for the Dolphin defense. Bengals started to get it right, but it was against the Jets, who are not very good, but we know the Bengals are awesome. So it kind of tells me these projections are probably on point. Dolphin offense has been a head scratcher because they're so incredibly efficient. 27 points on only 56 plays a game, but popping off for 6.4 yards per play, that's amazing, 44 yards a drive, 3.5 minutes per drive, both near the top of the board, the rush game is trash, 3.5 adjusted line yards, 19 attempts for 64 yards, 3.2 yards per attempt, these teams are not running, we're expecting lots of passing, getting me over to the possible prop play that I had towards the end, if you gotta get out of here, it's 
probably running back receiving yards. We might see both of these teams abandon it. Bengals defense has been a bit better on offense, so they're not getting sacks, only allowing 225 pass yards per game, 5.5 yards per attempt, 10 yards per completion, less than one passing TD per game. Let's get over to the points per game per position. You know, I'm digging all the stuff. The Dolphins allowing one of the worst totals for fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. That's at 26 points. Pretty good against running backs. Tight ends have really done work. 20 catches on the year. I'm sorry, 8. Um, yeah, 20 catches on the year. Sorry, i got to skip that. Let me trash that. I, I moved something over. No, it's 20 points per game. 9 receptions. 176 yards so far in the season. Sorry. Uh, you know, you juggle this much data, this can happen. I won't struggle on that one. Again, I'll have that cleaned up. Speaking of these game breakdowns, I was thinking about... Maybe putting it on the Patreon channel, Pat gave me the heads up to pump that if I'd like. So you could follow me on Twitter at John Legaza. And I also have the Patreon page, John Legaza, NFL, MLB, moving averages for all the true degenerates out there. We're doing the CLV betting model. And then I'm taking all this stuff to the next level, all the player props, all the bets, and then, of course, MLB stuff. But for football in particular, I'm playing with these rankings and putting out just everything you could think of. We're going to just be coming at it hot and heavy. And if there's anything that you think I'm missing, you hit me up. Anywhere, on Twitter, on YouTube, on Patreon, we live for you when this season is going on, man. I am living and breathing this stuff. It really means a ton. I'm not, can't you, I know I'm not speaking for myself. Pat, in particular, really, really cares about the audience. And, hey, it shows, and that's why people gravitate to him. Hopefully, that's why he gravitated to me. Hopefully, that's why you gravitate to me, and we're doing the thing that we do. So there's your blue chips with the game breakdown and maybe some expectations Keeping an eye on that Bengal defense. I guess the projections are expecting them to maybe smush the Dolphins' offense. I just don't think that's going to be the case because of the way the Dolphins play. Let me just put it up in short before we wrap this up. They're giving us a taste of the passing version of Derrick Henry from a year or two ago. Both of them, maybe where they're just beating you to death, and eventually you're going to tire out and not be able to keep up. Um in particular referencing the two track star wide receivers on the Dolphins. So I'm not <laughs> I'm not nearly as smart as the people that run the Sims that do this work, but I'm also not the type to just absolutely subscribe to projection. So I'm not buying this on the Dolphins' end. I think the running back projections may be a bit high for the Dolphins. I can see Edmonds and Mostert both kind of bottoming out, maybe needing go-on stuff, can't rely on that. And the Dolphins doing exactly what they do. Before we move on, we just have about just a little more advanced stats. They're focusing the entire offense. This is the Dolphins towards Waddle and Hill. Waddle, 35% target per route run. That's good for 30% of the team. Target share, 342 receiving yards, a buck 14 per game. 3.98 yards per route run, 11.4 yards per target, 42% of the air yards. Tariq Hill, 29% team target share, 32% target per route run, more than 300 receiving yards, 3.5 yards per route run, 10.9 yards per target, man. The Dolphins are okay funneling the entire offense through these guys, in particular if they fall behind, which we might see because of the leakiness in the Dolphins offense so 
for jock market, I'm just going to be looking for the best players at the cheapest price because we don't know who's going to pop off. I'm not just going to hardcore bangles and forgetting about the Dolphins because of their ability in the past game. Boom, man, that was the blue chip segment. I mean, can anybody fit more into just a few minutes? We're doing value, application, DFS, betting, handicapping, advanced stats, maybe even laughed. Who knows? Wow. All right, let's just take a deep breath before we get on over to the penny stocks. All right, let's get this second pillar of profit going. It's the penny stock section brought to you by Jock Market. Love that app. Download that bad boy. Use the promo code MMN. They're going to match the first hundred bucks. And here's another bit of good advice that you might not expect from a salesman. Download the app. Get the promo. That part you might expect. Do not play with live money tonight if it's your first day. Not the thing you'd expect to hear. You want to be playing with demo money whenever you jump into a new game. I recommend this for betting. I recommend this for trading and risk ventures in general. The reason being, most people lose when you first begin. So do it on paper. Meaning, get in the game, put on the, the interface, get with the format. Those are really important for you to understand the execution, right? The manual execution. But you don't have to put your live money on it. Get in today and go, wow, Joe Burrow ended up at, you know, $9. I think he might be the top player. Guys in the Dolphins, wow, people really kind of discarded Waddle and he's below 9 bucks. Buy a demo share. Put on paper, all right, he closed at 875 Come back in the morning and see how you may have done. Now, in trading, I would generally say try for 30 days because the market gives you so many opportunities. Football, we really don't have that. You also have me to kind of help you along. The way you could see my bids, they're open on jock market i play these things all the time providing i actually get to it down to it i have so much going on and a family all that stuff all right let's do the jock market penny stock thing again this is a value application exercise let's begin with the most important lesson which is cheap doesn't necessarily mean value that's not how these things work value is a rate stat we need production all right so for quarterbacks it's burrow and tua tagavailoa i had to get that bad boy in there love that name music to my ears the cost per point really sinks to us here this is a great example of how we use these things Tua, 9.4, projected for 18 points. Burrow, 9.6. These are DK bucks projected for 25. But remember, these things have a direct correlation over to jock market, in particular when we get to the ownership. I found the ownership projections are really what drive the pricing. Remember, DraftKings has a stagnant pricing, which is kind of corny in a way because everybody could pile in. Jock market, you actually have to be sharp and determine where you're willing to pull the plug. But on the good side of that is we can let the donkeys chase up all these non-values and hopefully we're there to kind of ma 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 munch, 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 manja, manja on the good stuff. So it's Burrow and Tua, 25 and 18 respectively, with equal salaries. So what does that tell you because of the disparate projections? Burrow's cost per point is at 384, Tua at 510. I mean, that's just tremendous. So you scooch over to the ownership. Again, for the audio-only listeners, I'm going to walk you through it. But my highest recommendation, jump on over to YouTube or the red button, as my kids call it, and do the screenshot thing, man, because I, I put all this stuff out there, and I think beyond seeing the work and maybe having to be able to reference it without hearing me yammer is becoming familiar with the pricing, right? As you do this on your own because that's really what i'm all about doing the cultural fishermen teaching people how to do this stuff on their own when you become familiar with the ranges of pricing you'll start to be able to pick it up without even having to do the math and i think that's the point and then when you have awesome stuff like run the sims and mail media net behind your back you start to get into the black you realize because 
it's that's where the edge is is in the application the understanding of the nuance here so when you get to the ownership, Burrow at 60%, really the highest on the board, and then Tua 46. See, that that 46 is an issue. There is a pathway to get with Tua, but that ownership is too similar, given the price in standard DFS to go with Tua. you got to go with Burrow. In particular, the Dolphins' wideouts have shown the long playability. They could get there without the quarterback. I think we'll see more volume from the Bengals. They kind of have a point to prove. They're going to be looking to get ahead. Dolphins have some emotional stuff going on in Florida as well. I'm not normally a narrative better, but these things do matter. There are, are humans, especially when there's a catastrophe involved. So into the running backs we go. Burrow, the big value at QB. It's Mostert, Mixon, and Edmonds. Let's take a dive. Mostert projected for 10.4, like I said, but the salary at 4.4 leaves you at a 4.23 cost per point all the way down at the bottom near Joe Burrow. But I think there's another lesson there, right? The second most valuable player on the board is still not nearly as valuable by our metric as Joe Burrow. So he doesn't have the projection. So sometimes you've got to be willing to pay up. That's really, I think, the key here when you're doing this cost per point stuff. When you boil it down to that, all these points are the same. It's just a matter of what you pay for them. Mixon with the 9,000 salary projected for 21 for 32 cost per point. Again, really similar to Mostert. So I think if you're drawing up that narrative again, I think that's important for showdowns. Not the subjective stuff I was talking about, like feelings and confidence and stuff. But when you do single game parlays, which I'm not a fan of, but if you do them, or you play showdown stuff, it is important to draw the narrative how the game goes. And I think it's important that you're consistent. So let's say you have the Dolphins falling flat in their face. You see the Bengals getting there without Burrow, the expensive player with the value that you want to get with is Mixon, 45%. Ownership is palatable, but again, you're going to get these spike things when there are superstars in a single game slate. Edmonds, 12-point projection, 6.2 salary, 5.12 cost per point. Really hard to get with Edmonds standing next to Mostert by all of these metrics. And then in particular, when you put the final cherry on it with ownership, Edmonds at 18, Mostert at 30 most are not only giving you the better look at value and the lower ownership, which is a avenue to leverage, but he has the lower salary, which opens the door to borrow or mix it, depending on your own story. So I think there's just this ended up being perfect for how to explain this stuff, how to use it. Anybody can name a player, but it's which which board do we put them on, right? Where do we move that piece of the puzzle? Let's get into the wide receivers quickly. It's Cedric. Wilson, just because he's being projected for points at all at 1.8 salary, I mean, that one is going to be really tough. Let me see if I have his usage here at all. He's not even on my advanced board that I have because I have to draw the cutoff somewhere, which means he probably has less than just a, a couple of catches on the year. Now I'm going to try and like ramble my way through this as I look for it as I'm like really into it. Yeah, he only has two catches on the season. He hasn't had one in two weeks, so very hard to get with Wilson, but we know the potential is there, but I have mentioned how Miami's willing to just absolutely funnel it, so there is a point where I'm not sure I can get with it. The 1% ownership for Wilson is kind of sexy, though. Higgins and Chase... Higgins projected for 18.82 salary. Chase projected for 22.11,000 salary, which puts his cost per point at maybe 10% worse. Chase has a 10% worse projection, also 33 to 30. Though, again, we don't want to get too into the minutiae there. 
I think you got to tip the scale to Higgins, right? We've seen very similar usage here. I got this stuff again. I love as the season projects. I love handicapping with statistics. I just don't have a place to do it. So again, maybe I'm going to just do a game-by-game marathon every week on Patreon. It's free for another couple of days if you want to get with my work. We're doing really, really well right now. I shouldn't be jinxing it, though. But um, Higgins and Chase... The thing with Higgins I think people might be chasing is the season-long stats because he did miss a game. He's going back to full usage, full run. He had a full practice. It's all systems go for Higgins. He's one of the best discount wide receiver ones in the league. So I think that's my choice for Bengals wide receivers, right? So again, how we build the pieces that if we got to get with Burrow, you might have to ditch Mixon, but you could get with Mostert and go with Higgins, right? And see how all these pieces can kind of work together. And we're also in that net within that same narrative, Burrow and Higgins. One way for the Bengals could be Mostert on the run back catching balls, although the usage for Miami has been really frustrating. Something also that I really like about Jock Market. You don't have to roster a running back. Right? You don't have to roster an entire team, a tight end, and a defense, all these stupid things, whatever. You could do whatever you like, which I also like. I'm an inherent kind of freedom guy, you know, USA, USA. And then Tyreek Hill, projected for 16.9 with a 10.8 salary, 639 cost per point, 32 ownership, is really not great by these standards. However, if you draw up a narrative Miami wins, they're not keeping them to 70 points. So remember, these are based on median out- outcomes and team totals. I, I don't I don't touch this stuff. When I do my own projections, I touch this stuff. But I don't want to I don't want to sour run the Sims work. It's not my job to do that. They are the experts. If you want my extra, you could rock with me. But these are their median projections based on, you know, the Vegas lines, which are probably much smarter than me, but sometimes you make your money in the market bucking the majority. You know, a good lesson there. Again, if Miami's going to win, they're probably not going to be held to the 20.5 points. They're probably going to get 24, 26, 27 north of that. If they do that, Terry Hill probably doesn't stay below 17. So be willing to play with the dials, right? And that's why I want to show you this exercise because as you play with the dials, everything changes, right? The whole calculation is going to change. Wrap it up in the penny stocks with Hayden Hurst at tight end. Projected for nine points at 5.4, 600 Cost per point, really not great, but the 16 ownership is, uh, you know, listen, it has, it's been there for him. Usage is there, 66% of snaps. He's running 110 routes, which is very good, but he hasn't really commanded the targets. Only 17 targets on 110 routes. It's a 14% team target share, 15% target per route run, less than three quarters yard per route run, four and a half yards per target. Again, you're not looking for meaty stuff there from tight end, but I guess he's the tight end play. Again, I'd probably just rather leave him alone unless he comes in really cheap, right? So if he's Hunter Hayden Hurst, I'm sorry, Hunter Hurst Helms, I must call them, Triple H. If Double H comes in at, you know, that $4 mark or below where we have a chance to hit for 600% if he falls in the end zone in a slobber knock over a couple TDs, you get with Hurst. Other than that, I guess he's the guy to fill in. I might say thanks, but no thanks if I can. All right, so that's the penny stock section. Rate, review, and subscribe if that you learn something at all, right, about value, application, nuance, context, or looking at funny people yelling at computer screens. Please press the like button. Subscribe to the channel. That stuff matters a ton. And if you really, I mean, like, if you really think I did a great job, I'm not sure if I did, five-star reviews on podcasts, like, mean everything. Like, if you want this show in the future, that's the best way to do it, you know. We're bringing it for free. You can help for free. Kind of have this symbiosis going on. So there's your SAT word for the day as well with your second pillar of profit. Bam!
All right, let's wrap this bad boy up. If you are a fan of this show, again, thanks so much. You'll notice this section of the video was missing last, last time around because I am very stupid. <laughs> I just, I'll tell you, man, for all the work you put in, the double checking, triple checking, tech stuff, as I'm doing, I'm checking the mic, check the microphone light. I don't know, the button got stuck and I recorded a whole thing, me, you know, rambling and doing my thing. And it was muted, so. <laughs> Just unbelievable, man. Them's the breaks. I really don't care about the fourth wall. I don't, you know, I'm nobody. I come from nothing. And I, you know, I just, I love to really relate to everyone out there. I think being genuine and transparent is probably maybe one of the most important things in content creation right now, right? We have so much, like, what's the, the best word's probably veneer, right? It, it, this fake, there's a fake coding, across content everywhere, right? From the way these people look, it's fake. From their backgrounds, it's fake. The professionalism that they pretend to project, it's fake. Their understanding is fake. Their activities in the market are fake. I mean, there's really just so much of that. I'm the, you know, one person out there just telling you the truth. It really is just telling you all the truth. I was a exclusively a professional better at one point, keeping the lights on. Thankfully, I don't have to do that right now. And I don't recommend people do, which again is funny. Is that me? I think I might be the only handicapper saying that, right? Don't bet. But it's not just don't bet. You want it, before you're going to do this stuff, you need to make sure it's sustainable. I mentioned that before. So you need to make sure that you have a plan. You also need to make sure that you have cash. Why my systems work so well is they come from Wall Street, right? These are these are trading plans that we use towards betting. And it's understanding the road to ruin, understanding your lack of ability to predict the future, understanding of odds, probabilities that keep me in the market, right? Because I lose, right? That's the thing. Every fake tout carrying purple handbags, standing in front of things they don't own, you know, these the girls out there, God knows what, posing in bikinis, complaining people are criticizing that they talk about their looks. I don't care how you look. I, I don't want to see anybody out there making paper airplanes for eight hours a day. Get in the lab and get to work. That's the thing. It's all this fake. Everyone is all worried about the, the exterior stuff that goes along with it. Listen, everybody, this is the realness that's what matters, right? You keep that last two minutes, keep that clip, you listen to it a few times. Sustainability, malleability, a risk management plan is more important than who wins this game. All right, let's get back into the football stuff, man, because that is, I'm telling you, that is, that is absolutely everything, and it's why people gravitate towards me, win or lose, because I'm about creating tools that help people push them their game to the fore, that create brush fires in the, men, in the minds of men and women. That's the stuff that matters. You see me gambling and using decimal points, and people ask, well, why? What's up with that? What's the point? Three, two, here's your last lesson before we get out of here, people, and what will keep you in the game as well. you got to use percentages, because it applies to everybody, right? So that's why I don't take $10, because one person $10 means something, one person it doesn't, and that doesn't matter. That really is the thing that upsets me the most. People, you must bet this amount, or you're like not important, or it doesn't matter. Everybody matters, and I come from nothing, and I was the person building off of minimum bets, all right? So that's the first thing. Anyone that demeans the amount of money you have, forget that. That's a loser right there. They're not interested in your success. They're interested in their own success. Regardless of what you have, you set your role, set your stack, set your account. You don't go in that register. Then you set your daily risk max every day. For myself, it's 
it, it trade has to it has to move a little bit. Football because it doesn't happen as much as let's say baseball trading could be a little bit higher, but it shouldn't really be more than five percent of your stack. I truly believe that. Again, people betting 13, 15 units, but if a unit is a oh, unit is a percentage of stack, which mine are now, you have your reasoning for you see decimal points because if I only have two and a half percent to risk 2.5 units because again if i lose 100 units the lights go off and i'm in the street with a sack on a stick a bag of oranges you know what i'm saying like to me that's real so when you see i have 2.5 to bet completely you could bet heaven many bets you want that's another misnomer here we're just sticking feathers in the cap hopefully people are enjoying this learning something and will press the like button for me the misconception right is more bets is more risk. More bets is not more risk. A lot of times, more bets is less risk. And people go, what exactly? When I say we're doing it differently, we don't fit in the box, we don't fit in the mold. Because when you understand that the basis for risk management starts at the top with daily risk allotment and you work backwards, get all the plays you want. Look at it this way. You have 2.5 units to risk. If you take one play, bet 2.5 units. What if you have 25 plays? You have 0.10 units. As long as they're putting, you put that in yourself in a position, a strong probabilistic scenario, which that does, right, providing you've done all your handicapping work and all these things, makes sense. 0.10 units on 25 plays probably has a better chance of working out than putting it all on one play, where you get down to this very binary outcome and, and people deciding their own, you know, criterion for how likely something has happened. It's so ridiculous. I, I truly disagree with that. To me, most of not, if not all of these events are like 50-50 and we just hate to admit it. Until it goes the other way, oh, the books knew something, it was fishy. These things are, are very close to 50-50 and it's uh, us humans that put our thumbs on the scale of the probabilistic expectation. So, boom. Because I didn't really have a bet for you today. Hopefully, that was really awesome. Press the like button. You know, sometimes I get into these uh, professorial kind of schwerves, but I think it really matters. This is the stuff that took me to the next level. Yes, I'm very... Yeah, I have a good understanding of sports. I don't even like to think I have a great understanding of sports. I have a very good understanding of sports. But I don't know how to predict winners. And then being able to pick a winner is probably my fifth or sixth best trait as a handicapper. It's all the other things that matter. I mean, greater than sign, greater than sign, greater than sign. That matter a hundred times more than knowing who's going to win this game. I did have one half a bet, though, that I was eyeballing. Again, I'm not live on this. So I don't want to. I'm not live on this. If you like it, you go get it. And it has to do with the running back catches that I mentioned. I think we could see some of that. Um. Player receiving yards, I'm sorry, here we go. I was looking at Joe Mixon at 20 and a half receiving yards. I think we could easily get that one. He's gone over it once already. Um, mixed at 63 in the first game, 26 in the second game. So he went over two of the last three. He did not go over in the last one, but they were ahead of the Jets, so they were running the ball. We mentioned the Dolphins' strong front seven, so there definitely is a chance here that... Mixon is a little more involved. I think I really like that one. I was hoping for the alt-rec prop again. Another thing that I do is I don't like to bet minus 110 props. Players generally go over by a bunch. But if you look at the alt-rec price, the alt, the second level of the alt-rec price is disproportionate in terms of yardage to price. So that's why I'd rather take the second level alt-rec where you get plus 150. You take those in pairs, you hit one, you're up 50%. Wow, boom, bop, 
boom. That was just everything you could ask for in a betting show. All right, everyone, I got to get out of here before I get in trouble. Thank you for picking up what we're putting down here at the Mail Media Net. Please rate, review, subscribe to the channel. It means the world. Get up in the comments. I do my best to get to them. Thank you, everyone, that interacts every single day. We got some regulars around here, and you guys, I see you. I see you, and I appreciate you. So enjoy that game. Enjoy your day. When we're done with the book, enjoy that pay. Make sure you download the Jock Market app. Use the promo code MMN. I will be up in the JM streets today looking for any of those big skill position players at a $9 mark or below. We could maybe hit the three times hit. So, man, everybody, all right, remember, when you work this hard, it feels a lot less like luck, yo. Peace.